You are listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode 59. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm brushing my hair. Like he does. <laughs> the dude, how's it going? So uh, today we're going to do uh, talk a little bit about uh, Star Wars and some of the upcoming stuff. Obviously, this week the trailer for Rogue One was dropped. Uh, also, this week was the release of uh, Episode 7 on Blu-ray. So kind of a, a Star Wars week, and then we'll kind of just see where the to- topic takes us from there. Yeah, it's because our original guest flaked on us. Well, I wasn't going to run him over with a bus. Like no, that, I'm but... going to run him over right now with our digital bus. <laughs> it would be really funny if he calls in while we're recording this and we where's... just completely change topics. Hey, where's your angry bus noise? Oh, where, where? Oh, it's not on this computer. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Rogue One hit. And, man, I'm optimistic about this. The right, trailer so... was and... really Cool. I was saying, let's be honest. I mean, you were you were not a fan of Episode Seven. No, I wasn't. I really wasn't. But and but you were kind of saddened by that too, by that fact. Was no, it was. I I didn't. I had to like <laughs> people a little inside baseball here. I said I don't know if you saw the review I wrote, but I yes. said to Tracy and her response. So so I'll be I'll be honest. I made the call on that one. That's fine. I mean. <laughs> Oh, really? Because I was just like, she's like, we really prefer something a little balanced. <laughs> I wasn't even going with, oh, no. That, we, we usually, that, that was, that me. was, that was really kind language compared to what we had to say. I will describe it as not your best writing. Oh, I mean, I probably, I think I you, wrote it. You, you were I definitely I, like rampaging, like Archer style rampaging. Yeah, I think I wrote it in an absolute fury. Because usually what I do when I write something for you. Is I'll write it and actually wait a day, and and reread it and kind of edit it myself, right? And and, and work on the language because I, I like it's just something I like to do if I have time to do well, it. Well, you've got this a particular one, voice and you want to you want to make it your own. I understand. Yeah. So I blasted through that maybe in thirty minutes and sent it to her. Yeah. Might have been even the night of. I don't know, but that was really funny. No, I wasn't. But I will say this, like. It did. I, I think it made my most one of my not my most disappointing because I was more disappointed than I was angry at it. Um, and uh, I think my most disappointed film of that year was like Bridges Spies or something. I forgot what. But I, I I wrote an article for you called I like I like the universe more than I like the movies. I still stand by that. No, and I, I think that's a, that's a very interesting take on Star Wars. And so I'm still I'm I'm still optimistic about. Now, episode seven, I'm, I'm absolutely excited. I, I don't know a damn thing about it, and I'm still excited for that. 
and watching Rogue One, even though I was completely in the dark about what this was supposed to be about. I clearly wasn't paying attention. I really thought it was about Rogue Squadron. Yeah. I really thought that we were going to cover Wedge Antilles. So, like, I was kind of jazzed. And then when it's like, oh, it's the spies who get the Death Star plans. I'm like, all right, so we're doing the Death Star again. But but it still looks great. Yeah, no, no, it definitely looks looks really good. Uh, th- there's a lot of little little snippets that I think are going to be fun. Hey, it, real quick, though, so you're a fan of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. How did how did you feel about basically Disney kind of putting to bed the the existing expanded universe? Well, I wasn't as burnt up about that as I think some other people were because my favorite parts of the universe actually happen in between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. I really wasn't that into the stuff post Return of the Jedi. So you're talking like um Shadows of the Empire? That kind of stuff. I sh- yeah, that kind of stuff I always thought was kind of cool. Um Do you ever play the game? Yeah. The one where you were Dash Rendar, the yeah. first person shooter. Yeah, that was great for its time. Apparently doesn't hold up much. No. I've tried no. I've tried going back and playing, but yeah, I just out of curiosity if you No, no, I definitely did. I liked the comic. I liked I like the ships um, because that was in that late '90s where they were trying to figure out what to do with the franchise. Yeah, and Dark Horse and got a... the Dark Horse got the comic the comic license for like not a lot, and just did whatever the damn hell they pleased. That's true, actually. I completely because I was thinking more video games. I really loved the video games from that era. Yeah, Man, and I put the far... shit out of those. Oh yeah, so I and I don't know if they've expunged those or not. Um, I mean, at least some of those games. So, like the original yeah. Dark Forces is about mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Katarn stealing the Death Star plans, mm-hmm. and then the Dark Trooper program. So, at least part of Dark um, Dark Forces One mm-hmm. is uh, is definitely out. And I I remember reading the comic book for Dark Empire with um, like the cloned Palpatine. Oh man, that was so good. Yeah. I, so yeah, I, I was kind of sad to see that one go. That was good. And um, Crimson Empire. Remember that one? I do. I the, do. They I actually, not as not as well as Dark Empire, the, but the, I do. The first Crimson Empire was really good. The second one was meh. And then I own it, but I haven't gotten around to reading the, the third one that they released two, three years ago. But it's basically you know, following the same former Imperial Guard. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I gotta I part of me wants to kinda I, I enjoyed those comics. Part of me wants to go back and hunt them down because Dark Horse Dark Horse did a lot of good stuff with some of their licensed material, like uh, Alien and Predator. Yeah, I mean, they made a huge name for themselves by doing that. Mm-hmm. Those that early early '90s to late '90s run. Yeah, that's how I remember them. Yep. But, I mean, more to the point. Uh, getting back to to that, I thought that trailer looked really good. You know, and I'm lukewarm on the actress because. I wasn't a fan of hers in Theory of Everything, and I really haven't seen her in anything else. I'm gonna try and pull her name up real quick because I, I forgot. Right, it. right, but that doesn't. It's that a doesn't... simple name. It's Felicia Jones. It's a really simple name that I should have known. Right. It's but, Felicia Jones. I was, but I think your point is that just because just because you're lukewarm on her now doesn't mean. No, and like the cast, what we saw from the cast, we saw Forrest Whitaker. Who's, know... who's always fantastic. Always good, and then we uh, we know uh, Mad Nicholson is in this, and the dude from uh, Serenity. What's his name? Alan. Alan uh, Tudyk. Tudyk. I can't get that guy's last name right. 
Um, he always shows up in these kind of sci-fi movies nowadays. Yep. He's like this. He'll always be kind of like not a supporting character, but like a ancillary character. He was in um, the Maze Runner movie last year. Pops in for like one role and then disappears. Yeah. Donnie Yen's in it and he's, you know. Kicking looked, ass, taking names. Yeah, he's like the last great kind of like kung fu martial artist action star I can think of right now. Yeah. Can't think of any others, at least from from Hong Kong. So, uh, you know what? I'm excited. It looks it looks really good. It, I mean, it just looks sleek and we'll see. I mean. You have you have uh, an actress playing Mon Mothma who looks like exactly like the original. Looks exactly like her. Oh, my God. It freaked, did it freak you out for a second? Yeah, well, it's funny because so- someone someone had posted like this, per- you know, like holy shit, and then someone else had posted there was a deleted scene from episode three, so from two thousand and five, with the that with the original actress playing Mon Mothma again, mm-hmm. and still looked exactly the fucking same. Oh yeah, this is apparently looks... a character that doesn't age. No, no, that was that really, that really blew me away because for a second I was like, that can't be the same woman, and then I'm thinking. Did they do like a CG thing where they just recreated the face? No, apparently and, not. Oh, no, it's, just, it's a, yeah. an actress, Guinevere O'Reilly. And it was like, okay. Apparently she's been in a few other stuff. She's been in episode three and she was in the Matrix movies. But I don't really, mostly it looks like television. I really don't know much about her. But Felicia Jones, again, the only movie I've really seen her in is the theory of everything. I didn't see her in Spider-Man 2. Uh, was she in Spider-Man 2? She was a character named Felicia. Or Felicia. Don't don't know. I don't even remember that character. No. And then just a bunch of other stuff that I don't recognize. It looks like a lot of, maybe a lot of British television and a bunch of movies that I don't recognize. Don't, don't know them. Interesting. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for this. Yeah, obviously we'll kind of, we'll kind of see where it goes. I I I knew going into it that that what the plot what the basic plot was. Yeah, you but, were a little up on it more than me then. Yeah, but I, I'm really curious to see how they're uh, how they're going to proceed. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Are you okay with them doing another Death Star story? Yeah, How, you are okay. Yeah, I mean I'm kind of at the point where. Okay, whatever. We're well, just I think that, that was also one of your biggest complaints about Episode Seven was yeah. we're effectively doing the Death Star again without doing the Death Star. Right. And now we're doing the Death Star again, but this time with the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, all right, I've given up. If we're just going to do Death Star stuff, fine. fine yeah, see, let's do it. Well, so there, there's, there's, there's some expanded universe stuff um, that I've read about the, like in and around the Death Star. There's actually one book called Death Star, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of characters actually on the Death Star and then there's another one, uh, Tarkin, that did it as an audio book. Mm-hmm. And that takes place while Tarkin is building the Death Star. Mm. So, I mean, like, I've just, kind of, I've just kind of accepted that there's a lot of Star Wars plot that's just going to be in and around the Death Star. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that seems to be the case, is that just that's what we're going to do if you're doing Death Star stuff. But, eh. Okay, so we've got a we've got a villain in a white uniform, or at, yeah. least, at least a white tunic, which to to Star Wars expanded universe fans, it uh, implies either a grand admiral or grand general. Right, and that was going back to what you asked about them dicing the expanded universe. I, I liked the grand admiral Thrawn the, stuff, the Thrawn trilogy. 
Yeah, and I don't don't quiz me on because it's been a while. But so, but so I, I actually never read the book. Those <laughs> books I ended up listening to them on audiobook about a year ago. I had a lot okay. of fun with that. Okay. What did you think? Because I, I don't think I they can were, give... They were good. Yeah, I, I can't give an accurate critique because it's been a good long while. And really, most of my memory of Grand Admiral Thrawn comes from him appearing in the video games over and over again. Yep. But I always thought that was really cool. Well, I think he was probably one of the, the better villains that they've come up with outside of Darth Vader. He was one of the few that was actually like a threat. Yeah, he was he was menacing, he was intelligent, and he... He did a lot of damage. And he was he was just so damn calm. Yeah, and he wasn't a Jedi. That's what was kind of the, cool. Yeah, that was the other, yeah. He was a non-Jedi villain, you know, who just was a military genius who kind of put the, the, the heroes of Star Wars on their heels in a quote-unquote conventional way. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, he's, he's one of the, the few who really presented an actual threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's so much Star Wars expanded universe. There are certain other bad guys that show up repeatedly. I mean, obviously the Emperor comes back repeatedly, but also uh, Admiral Dalla, some, like some other co more conventional ones that kind of mm -hmm. never. I was like, okay, eventually they're just going to win. Mm -hmm. Like it was an it was just an assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know what. This could be good, and and so let's let's do this. Uh, there was an article that came out a few days ago, and I, and I, I picked this up. I think either yes, I found it either yesterday or the day before. It came out about a, yeah a couple of days ago, and it's these six movies that they've got from Disney to make Star Wars. And we've already got Force Awakens, yep. which was just just this big freaking hit that everyone went to, and it was huge. So they've they've almost made their money back. On, on their purchase, and I'm looking at it. Uh, right, so it, next, it's, it's next in is, 12 days grossed a billion dollars. I can't remember what the, the final gross is. So they paid about what, four, we, we talked about this earlier, about $4 billion for for Lucasfilm. Yeah, something like that. So they've made about half their money back on just on ju just on uh, on Star Wars Episode Seven, And that's, as we were, we were talking about earlier, it's not including um, Mel Brooks's favorite thing, merchandising. There's a great um, <clears throat> Reason TV interview with a guy about how Star Wars just revolutionized merchandising. I think I sent it to you. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch it yet. I, I, you know, I don't remember, so you'll probably have to send it to me again. If, and, and we'll, we'll try and put that in the show notes. Yeah, I know. It's really worth a watch just because of how that wasn't a thing back in the 70s. And how awkward it was doing it. That well, like they, they were they were advertising Star Wars merchandise, and then it was like, oh, by the way, uh, it won't be ready until June. Right. So like, it won't be ready in, for months. Well, so so part of that. So so instead of getting more like percentage points and things like that, Lucas, as part of his agreement with Fox, kept the rights to the film and kept the rights to all the merchandise, because Lucas was still. I mean, Lucas is fairly pess pessimistic, I think, in general about his the success of his films. Mm -hmm. He was convinced that Star Wars, like, I get to make the movie, but it's going to flop. So the least the, the least I can do is I can sell a bunch of T-shirts and posters. Right. I can make I can make some money doing that. Okay. And then at the same time, Kenner was looking to do a a series of colorful uh, action figures, like science mm -hmm. fiction action figures. 
And so they basically teamed the two of them up. And Star Wars was such an idiotic hit mm-hmm. when it came out that for even with, you know, six months, because the Star Wars came out in May or May mm-hmm. of 77, at Christmas time, Kenner was like, could not make enough toys. Mm-hmm. So they had the, um, the, I can't remember, the empty box is what they, the empty box campaign. Yeah, you had to like, you had and, to prove that you bought it and then mail it and they would like mail it to you or something. Yeah, right? you bought it and you got a certificate. Mm-hmm. And then basically like you could pick whatever figure you wanted from that, you know, with that certificate, you basically mail in that, the certificate and a form and you would get a, a Star Wars action figure. But yeah, like I said, it was, it was months before a lot of them. And that was the thing is they were really afraid that that it wasn't going to be good enough because, you know, that they were terrified that that it wasn't going to do well and that it would be out of theaters before the toys would be ready. Little did they know that that movie was in theaters for a year and some change. Oh, yeah. And then would go back into theaters when uh, the next subsequent films are coming out. But just to answer your question from a minute ago, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes, the current total gross of episode... Seven. This is this is seven. Is uh, nine hundred and thirty four point nine million dollars. And that, well, and, and that's just domestic. I believe that's just domestic. Yes. Yeah. The Star Wars episode seven Force Awakens. Boom. boom still out seventeen weeks. So yeah, I mean this is this is a huge hit for them, and the merchandising is a part of that. So I mean, Lord knows I've already dropped some coin on this on this stuff. Oh I, yeah. <laughs> and so now we've got Rogue One coming out which will be part of this anthology series, which I assume means that these are each going to be self-contained films where they're not going to try and create another trilogy. Uh, I would like, I certainly would like to think so. Yeah. Um, that's a, what a couple I of the other ones we're, we're coming up on. I think mm, that's, that, that, that's a maybe, but yeah. Cause the other ones would be, well, so, so, so rogue one is Christmas of this year. Yes. And then Christmas of next year is episode eight. Right, which was supposed to be May of May, yep. but they pushed it back because they were like, "We did so well in Christmas." Uh, yeah, it also apparently it also apparently gave them a chance to to fine tune the script a little bit further, which I'm totally on board with. Right, they were they were they were supposed to start doing principal photography in January of this year, and they pushed it back a month to February to to finish those script issues. Yeah, now sometimes that can be like. A blessing or a curse because if you do it too many times you know your film's in trouble right i mean they, like, they have officially started principal photography so like a good example of that is the good dinosaur from last year yeah that, that got pushed back like by two years but Damn. and the director the director is um garth edwards who did godzilla which i thought was a acceptable entry into the godzilla canon which, by the way, we're getting another Godzilla this year from Japan. Ooh. We're getting another Godzilla, we're getting Ultraman, and we're getting Gamera this year. Ultraman, holy crap. Yeah, check out the trailers. The The, the Ultraman trailer looks a little cheesy. The Gamera one looks it's really Ultraman. good. Ultraman, who cares? No, it looks... It, it looks it, yeah, I know. Who cares? But it's, <laughs> it's like, uh, don't, but don't care. But Garth Edwards, director Godzilla, this looks cool. And uh, Rain Johnson's doing um, episode eight. Who, he hasn't done that many films. He's done like three or four, but one of them is my favorite movie of all time. One of my favorite movies of all time is called Brick. Oh, holy shit, that was good. Yeah, great, great, great film. And that's a film you got to watch, what, three or four times before you start really figuring it out? Yeah, but it's enjoyable all three or four times. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it's enjoyable on the first watch. 
it's just there's so much depth to it. The oh, more yeah. the more times you watch it, the more you get. Yeah. So I'm I'm on board with with him doing that. I'm really that's why I'm really excited because I'm willing. I am absolutely willing to forgive a bad Star Wars film and just keep going back for more abuse, over and over and over again. Yep. And because because when they hit, they hit big. Yep. And, and you're just into it. And so I don't. We don't know much about that one. What's your take on the Han Solo spinoff? So, so th- this is one of the two that I, I'm 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 thinking there may or may not be follow ups to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be fun. We could, like get a Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, I mean that's certainly possible. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I've got a hard time seeing anyone but Harrison Ford as Han Solo, and I think a lot of people are going to. But if they can, if they can get the right actor in there and do it, do it well, do it right. Uh huh. I think I'm okay. With, like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull up because I'm kind. Of, we're kind of doing this by the seat of our pants. But um, who? There were three actors that they've they've narrowed down the the three actors to be Han Solo. I don't know if they've picked one yet. I don't. Doesn't appear to. But um, I'm trying to get their names. You just, just give me a second. But yeah, yeah. yeah, you you could see that this is going to be, you know, it could just be an anthology. But if it's really good, like Han Solo is one of those just beloved characters. I mean. Yeah. I'm certain. I'm certain when he showed up on screen in your theater, people went bananas. I mean, right? I went bananas when he showed up on the fucking trailer. So yeah. So they're gonna if if he's successful, if that movie is successful, which at this point I don't doubt any of them being hits. Like I just right. I, I just feel like yeah, this is just gonna be this is just gonna be good. I mean, we're gonna make money. I, I don't see any any way around it. Um, it's, I feel like it, it would be dopey not, not to, not to make this guy a, uh, a trilogy onto himself. There's certainly enough, enough potential there. Uh, Larry Kasdan's writing the script, uh, and he, I guess he and his son, uh, Larry Kasdan straight up wrote Empire and wrote Force Awakens. He also, mm-hmm. he was, but he was also one of the ones I think who went back and did the edits on Lucas's first the the original Star Wars and on Return of the Jedi, like he's been involved with four of the four of the films, so that 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 gives me some some confidence. I mean, the, the fact that Disney is just going to be able to throw like so much. Oh, okay, here we go. So the dude who just did Eddie the Eagle, uh, Taron Egerton, is one of them. Um, I'm trying to find the other two. Have there... you seen that yet? No, it came to the base. I wanted to see it. I just missed it. Yeah, I want to see it too. It looks funny my dad, and really dumb. And well, my dad remembers the real Eddie the Eagle event. Yeah, like we were at well, the, the trailer started to play in front of Concussion, and my father was sitting next to me, and he's like, "Oh, they're making a movie out of this guy." I'm like, "Like, what are you talking about?" I was like, "It was this loser from Britain who wanted to do the Olympics." I was like, "Did he win?" He's like, "Came in dead last." He was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible. No. <laughs> Apparently, it was the same year as the Jamaican bobsled team. It was the Calgary Games. Oh, so it was just like it was like the Island of Misfit Toys game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so who else? Egerton, twenty six. Um, Alden. Oh man, I'm not going to get this name right. Edrich and Jack Rayner uh, are the guys who are 
All English. This is something I want to get a friend uh, of and mine. There's a, fourth, there's a fourth one, Emery Cohen. Oh, is there? I, I, I got as far as, as soon, as recent as April 3rd, they've limited it to three. But if there's a fourth one out there, then. On the, uh, on the Business Insider article, they list four. They list four, okay. So, but they're all, they're all, the, the, the Transformers guy. They're almost all, oh yeah, yeah, if I just scrolled a little bit further down, I would have, I would have seen it. How about that? <laughs> They're just, just a little bit further down. Yeah, but they're all, um, most all of them English actors, because apparently America can't produce a decent American actor anymore. Well, they've also all, they've also cast a lot of English actors in Star Wars just over the years, right? Right. That's true in Star, in the case of Star Wars, but if you just look at, like, in general... Well, okay, yeah. Just, we just get a ton of Brits and Australians. Yeah. It's just English, Australians, and then that like those one or two European actors or you know a handful of European actors that can speak English really, really well. Yep. Yeah, I remember. So the other guy, um, Alden, I can't pronounce his last name. He was in Hail Caesar, which I did get a chance to see. God, that was so good. I I, I was I didn't I didn't get that. I liked it. I just didn't get it. I appreciated moments of Hail Caesar, but there were moments where I was like, what What's going on? I, I mean, it, to me, it just felt like it felt more like an older, like an old school Coen Brothers comedy. Yeah, but I think that's what I appreciated most about it. So Jack Rayner is actually American. He's from Colorado, but no, he was in Macbeth. Yeah, I, I liked it. I just kind of liked that the Coens were, are one of the few Hollywood dudes to actually show how kind of stupid communism <laughs> sounds when you. When oh you man, that was great. That's that stuff. Those scenes with the communists and. And uh, George Clooney, especially the one like angry communist. Yeah, that guy who who is from. Uh, he's a number. Harold and Kumar, right? He's the one. The Harold, he's a he was on numbers for a long time. He was in yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You. I thought that was so funny, and then at the very end, Josh. He was in Serenity. Josh, Josh Brolin literally slaps the communism out of <laughs> out of George Clooney. Yep. I I appreciate I appreciated that, but. Yeah, you know, I I would kind of root for the Eddie the Eagle guy. I think I think he'd be pretty good as him. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the American got it. Yeah, I, I think we'll actually the it. other American. We'll kind of have both, to see. Two, two of them are American. I'm way off on this. I'm sitting here complaining about American actors, and and two of the guys up for it are both born in the United States. What what am I talking about? <laughs> am I talking about? I'm just just flying off the seat of my pants here all right so uh so then after that next up will be uh star wars episode nine which we we basically don't have a whole lot of information on other than it's going to be directed by the same guy who directed jurassic world so by that logic it'll make four billion dollars because jurassic world made a a fuck ton of movie of money and force awakens that was amazed me last year is that jurassic world basically set the record for like biggest movie ever and then it gets broken by star wars in the same year i mean it was yeah a couple months later it gets record, kicked in the nuts yeah two record-breaking films in the same year that was really something that was really really something it would i just hope they have dinosaurs in it right. that's all I just want lots of rancors. That's what I want. Is just I, I want them to go to a planet of rancors and just people to get eaten. That's that's what I want to see. Right, and 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 production actually has begun on that as well. They're actually filming. I think those two, not fully simultaneously, but 
but in part. I'm yeah, I'm sure they're work. I'm sure they've they're doing certain sequences, probably the special effects stuff. Well, I, say, I think in order to meet to meet like the every you know two years, two years, two years. Yeah, I think I think that's they're, they're having to do some of that. And finally, we come to the Boba Fett movie, which it's got to be better than Boba Fett's last appearance in a movie. <laughs> you know, it's kind of strange with the anthology films. Rogue One feels a little out of place because at least with Han Solo and Boba Fett, there is a connection between the two. Well, and they're, and they're, and they're singular. They're focused on a single character that already exists in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. So Rogue One feels a little out of place. I'm sure it'll do fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. But I, I'm looking for... I, I don't understand Boba Fett's appeal. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, it was so funny that you've got this character who just looked really great, didn't didn't do much, and then yeah. like they just write comics and books about him like crazy, and he becomes this super character that, you know... You see, dressed up all uh, people dressed up as all over the conventions. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the the, the and 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 I mean, this is completely unrelated. But the, yeah, the Mandalorians are uh, are good, are some good folks. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had some interactions with the, the 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 cosplay group a few times, and they're good people. Good peoples, yeah. So that's that's it for Star Wars stuff. Uh, what's been on your radar? I mean, really, other than uh, Star Wars, is obviously on our radar. Because it just the trailer just dropped, so that's something at least worth discussing. Right. I'm not. I don't feel like doing a frame by frame breakdown of that. No, no, just no, no, watch no. it. It's cool. We'll see more of it soon. Uh, let's see what else has been on my radar. Um, that's a damn good. Uh, I'm drawing blank. What's you? You go and I'll I'll, I'll see All if right, my brain no. will start working. Well, I mean, let's just stick with trailers. Um, the last the Civil War trailer dropped and didn't really the last Civil War trailer, latest latest Civil War trailer dropped. Yeah, I have Did, I have not actually watched that one yet. It's 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 actually nothing you haven't seen before. Literally from like a couple years ago because they just replay clips from the first Captain America and Iron Man. That's really what it is. Nice. There's so um. Miss anything on that one? So, so Marvel Comics is actually doing Civil War number two. Like Civil I, what War. What is that about? I heard I, about. I that. don't know, but there's a there's a great Scotty Young variant cover for for Civil War, yeah. and it's basically got Iron Man and and Captain America sitting around in, in Scotty Young style, mm-hmm. and he's like, "So we're so we're doing this again?" It's like, "Yeah." What are we fighting about? Any taxes or voting? I don't know. All I know is it has to do with filling out paperwork. <laughs> like I'll, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. It's a oh, really yeah. funny cover. That's really cool. Is Malar writing this one also, or is it? I is... I don't think so. Let me look. I wish I had my my Civil War is is packed away somewhere, and I I really enjoyed it except for those last three pages. And I remember. Uh, no, it's going to be written by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, okay. That's that's always I always I don't know how I feel about Brian Michael Bendis. Sometimes he's great, sometimes he's not. Yeah, it's really, it really depends on on what he's writing. Although his his run on Avengers was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, and this is you know this can be a fairly Avengers centric book, I think. So, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this this has potential. I I remember the first Civil War was back back in two thousand seven, right? Yeah, that's when, that's when it ended. Was when it ended. That's right. It was about a year long run because it got for delayed a few times. Seven issues, I think. Yeah, for seven issues, it took about a year, and I just remember the ending being so anticlimactic. And then, kind of the next big thing 
that Marvel, this is back when I was kind of into Marvel and I was like, all right, I'll give their big event books a try because there's so many titles. It's really hard for me to keep track of them right. and, and I don't have the patience for it really. And the kind of comics I like are just not the ones produced by Marvel. I really like the ones that come from uh, Europe or, or independently yep. made in America. But I was like, I'll give the big Marvel titles a try. And Civil War, I liked mostly and didn't like the ending. And I remember the lead-in, I think, for the next one was World War Hulk. And that was, uh, I think, John Romita Jr. and Greg Pak teamed up for that one. Yep. And I remember, I think, our friend Chris was at a panel that was leading up to it. And someone asks, please tell me the end of World War Hulk won't be Hulk ripping off his face and surrendering to the police. <laughs> like, please don't make that happen. You know, Chris has got some good stories from panels. I personally like the one where he, he called out um, Joe Quesada mm-hmm. about, uh, about uh, Red Hulk. Yeah, and didn't, didn't Joe Quesada have kind of like a... A snarky reply like, oh, you mean the number one selling Red Hulk or something? So, no, someone else like oh, someone. someone else jumped in, like basically jumped in front of the in front of the bullet there and, oh, and responded. Okay. And Chris okay. was just like, Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So it was one of those like they kept they kept they, they kept teasing who Red Hulk was gonna be for like months and months and months. And like it was like you know, we kind of figured, okay, like five, six issues in we'll figure it out. No, it was like two years or something stupid it, like that. Yeah, and it turned out to be the general, right? Yeah, it, so, it turned out to be Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. Yeah, and like, yeah, Chris Chris called out Casada, and and someone else just kind of jumped in front of that bullet. I always remember because Chris would always go to those panels of the convention. I, I, and actually, I think that I don't I, I don't I don't know if we can find that find it or not. That particular because it was at New York Comic Con, it was one of his cup of Joe. Uh, there's actually a video of of that of Chris calling out Casada. Oh really? Oh yeah, I guys. found it once, but it it was not easy to find. I remember because a lot of the comic book reporter or, or journalist websites would you know do their recap of certain panels because they would send their yeah uh, and Cup their of, Cup of Joe is always one of them. And I remember like Chris would get quoted every now and again because he always managed to get a question off. At right. least for a couple years, he managed to get a question off. So I do remember him being quoted about it but yeah so as far as civil war is concerned i uh, uh, i don't know we'll see we shall see we'll, we'll yeah i'm trying to be cautiously optimistic about that one and then as far as movies are are uh <laughs> are, i got something popped in my head uh i'm i'm stoked about this new jungle book i'm i'm so on this you're talking about book. the live action one yeah dude i'm so ready for this i mean yeah i mean in some real good voice acting behind it. Yeah, the only one I'm not cool with is Christopher Walken as the giant orangutan. Because he he still sounds like he's from New York. Because it's, it's Christopher Walken. Yeah, I, I don't... I, <laughs> I mean, I love I think, Christopher Walken, but that's because he's, you know, yeah, not but good. I, no, that's, that's it. It's like, I feel like the Christopher Walken phoning it in type act that he does or has been doing for the last 20 years, it's kind of just gotten old to me. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, I'm, I'm super on board. And then, Green Room. Why are we mentioning Green Room? Well, nerd friends, Patrick Stewart is a bad guy, like this kind of neo-Nazi white supremacist crazy dude or something Ooh. like that, in a movie about a, a traveling band that just basically gets attacked by these skinheads that are led by Patrick Stewart. 
Damn. And it, it the trailer looks really cool. I'd recommend it. It's I think it's a limited release. No, it's not. I don't see that. I don't see the limited next to it. So if you get a chance, I I totally would recommend checking checking it out. It was really funny. I was on the radio Tuesday over here in in Southern California talking about it with a couple friends on air. And I guess we got one of the radio hosts is like super ADD because he immediately starts going on and on and on about how Patrick Stewart was miscast in Dune. Miscast. Yeah, we're sitting there and we're going, what? We're talking about upcoming movies and this kid just goes back 30 years. I'm also trying to figure out how how he thinks he was miscast. I don't know. I don't know either, but I he mean, was like, <laughs> he I mean, was that, complaining. That was, a, that was an interesting film to say the least. It was. I mean, no, none of us are, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and defend the, the honor of the, the, the David Lynch Dune film, but. Uh, speaking of that film, so there's a, if anyone who hasn't seen Jodorowsky's Dune, which is a documentary mm-hmm. on the, the Jodorowsky Dune that never got made, like Jodorowsky was, um, after everything had fallen apart and. David Lynch made the film and Jodorowsky was super excited because he's like, you know, if anybody's going to get this, if anybody's going to be able to pull pull off something really cool, it's going to be David Lynch. Mm -hmm. And like his son had to physically drag him into the theater to go see it because when it came out, he was like really depressed about it and stuff. And then he got in in five minutes, became super ecstatic. He's like, this movie's fucking awful. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like Jodorowsky was like, this is terrible. It was yes. like, man, wallowing in the failure of somebody else. <laughs> it was spectacular. Yeah, it was just really funny how he started going on and on about Dune. And then finally, the co-host turned to him and went, you know, Patrick Stewart's been in other stuff since, right? <laughs> <laughs> it killed me. It absolutely killed me. Yeah, so I'm I'm absolutely I'm jazzed about that. So that's that's been my radar as far as uh, movies are concerned. I do want to get back. All my comics are packed up. I really want to start doing some of just the the oddball comic stuff. And and I, I picked up. You you've read the Judge Dredd stuff, right? I read some of it. I picked up two volumes, and I kind of glanced through them a little while ago. And I'm I I actually they are one of the few books that I have that are not dug away. Are these that, the uh, the paperback like the big? These are the big floppy ones. The the complete case files of Judge Dredd. Yeah, okay, I've got a couple of those. And I love these. They're the kind of black and white ones. And they're only a few pa- Each of the stories is only a few pages long because it was actually part of a bigger magazine. It was part of 2000 AD, which is a bigger magazine. Right, so. right. kind of like the way... Um, heavy metal like heavy does stuff. Metal. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, that kind of makes sense because, I mean, Dredd is, Dredd is English. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, that, that reminds me, speaking of heavy metal, because we have no format for this episode. We're just flowing. Yeah. Um, I want to finally get the last issue that they published Requiem in, the, the Vampires in Hell. Oh, yeah. Series. That was my favorite one. I, I, we should, I, do, I should probably write something about what that. Do you, what do you think about Grant Morris taking over uh, starting in June? I'm lukewarm about it. Yeah? I, I don't know. I heard he's a, he is like an old-school heavy metal fan, so he might... He might bring it back, but you know, when something like that, I thought Eastman did a really, really good job. Well, so Eastman is still the owner and publisher; he's just no longer the editor in chief. Right. So, I thought he did a really, really good job. So I do. I don't know. Um, I'm not that f- overly familiar with Grant Morrison stuff. I know the only thing I think I've ever really read of his is like a Vampirella run that he did that I didn't quite care for. 
he's got some really interesting stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, his his run. I was like, wait well, for what? Like. Uh, so he did. He did an All Star. Um, he's done. He's done a bunch of stuff with Batman. Uh, I mean, recently. Let me let me look up because I'm I'm drawing a blank here. If you've ever, if you've ever read his book Super Gods, that's always interesting. No, I haven't. But I know from what I've what people have been telling me and what I've been reading is that he's been a fan of heavy metal since he was young. Oh, that's right. He did he did All Star Superman. Mm-hmm. He did a big run of Justice League of America, big big JLA run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did New X Men in the early two thousands. That was a really interesting run. So you've read these, is what you're saying? I've read, I've read some of these. Okay. I, I've read some of his Batman stuff. I want to read JLA because I've heard people talk about that being one of one of the definitive JLA runs. He wrote Animal Man. I was kind of lukewarm on that. Oh, he wrote um, Final Crisis. Mm. Uh, oh, and 52. 52 Which was, one? Uh, 52 was the one. It was a comic a week for a year. Without oh, I, and it was it was don't no it was a no Batman Superman or Wonder Woman, it huh. was right after Infinite Crisis, it, it, right, right about the the, the two thousand seven two thousand eight time frame. You and I were getting into comics again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's really good. It's actually one of the earlier books I've read, and it follows around a bunch of like lesser characters, like Blue Beetle or um, not Blue Beetle, uh, Booster Gold, The Question. It, it reintroduces Batwoman. It's it's mm-hmm. a really good run. Yeah. Okay. Good. Then that makes me feel that makes me feel a lot better because all I know is that he was a big fan and he wants to kind of bring it back to its roots. That's all I've really heard, and I'm on board with that. I I was I don't think I had a subscription, but I bought it pretty regularly, and I'm I've been like toying with the idea of getting a subscription because of that, and yeah. also getting a couple back issues because I kind of floated out of it for a couple years, and I yeah. do I was buying it regularly for years and years. And then I kind of stopped, and now I want to I want to get back into it because I do love just the bizarre stuff those that are in the pages of that book, and you know I just I like what they produce, and I I kind of want want to keep them around. I don't want to. And what else? I got the Mouse Guard books. I read these a while ago, I and was, I comp- I was actually reading one of those the other night. I completely I'm like I forgot what these are about. <laughs> I've got them, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like. I forgot I read these. Like I don't remember I got these and I'm like looking at them and like these are beautiful and they look really interesting. And they're fairly they're they're they're, they're interesting. They're fairly light reads though. Yeah, and I'm like I forgot about them. I literally cannot jog my memory, but I'm like okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get back into this. And there's more that I only have two. There's more than just these two, right? Cuz there's fall, there's there, winter, there's and then fall, there's fall, there's a, winter, and then there's a spring. No, there's three Tales of the Mouse Guard books. Okay. So I've got Fall and Winter. And those are the ones uh, that I want, I'd want. i like to... I think there's five Mouse yeah. Guard books right now. Actually, there's, okay. there's actually now a Mouse Guard role-playing game. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, kind of kind of fun. It's a little little more like a... A little less like, like rules and number crunching heavy than like D&D. It's kind of a lighter... Okay, did I, speaking of D&D, did I send you that article from Pope Hat? No. That, the, oh, it's like, it, the article is, that time I played D&D with white supremacists. 
No. <laughs> oh my god, I need this in my life right now. Yeah, Ken White wrote it from the Popat. I think I may have sent it to my other buddy, but it is it's really something. Let me, oh, let me sweet up. Jesus. Let me pull up. It's from maybe about a week ago. Holy fuck. And I I it, it really was like it was just like, dude, this is really strange. Hold on. I'll I'll find it in a second. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to I'll have to read that and then we'll definitely I, I'll bre- put it I, in the I, show notes. Yeah, I breeze through it. It's really like here it is, yeah. That uh that time I accidentally played Dungeons and Dragons with white nationalists. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Ken White from Oh yeah, this month. Yeah. I'll send it to you right now. But man, you read it and you just like it's just funny how he like he starts thinking that these are just like average folks and then how just the game descends into insanity. Oh, God. And how he just like, I gotta get out of here. And like how other people are playing and they don't like know the group that they're dealing with. And they just, players just start to peel off. They're like, I gotta go. Deuces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's when you, when you, when you, when you shoot off the text message, wait 10 minutes, call me with an emergency. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But how has the how has the um the D and D? Oh, you're not you're not D. You do the Star Wars. Star Wars. Yep, uh, it's been pretty good. We're 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 working out some some time issues right now. But other than that, I was actually before the show, I was uh, watching some Netflix and and working on a a project for the the group. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to go into detail because I do know that that some of my guys listen to the podcast and I don't want to spoil my surprise oh. for them. But oh. No, no, it's 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 something. It's actually something nice. I'm not gonna. This is not you know the GM's plot to kill them. Right, right, and that's and that and that's good. I think I think that's that's cool. So yeah, on the game front, I really got to get like a regular game thing going on down here. I yeah, really, man. I really want to try it. I mean, not just doesn't have to be D and D because I've got a whole bunch of board games. I actually played a few of them. Worth mentioning because again, there's no format. It doesn't matter. I'm just this shit coming off the top of my head. Well, I mean, but you, you and I played. Finally, got around played, to playing Command and Colors. I, what did you think? Uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, did you did it, it? You got what I was trying to talk about from the last time we mentioned it, right? Yes, it finally yeah. makes sense. No, it's 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 a good game. There was the first the first game. You just crushed me on dice rolls. <laughs> that was I've never been that lucky in dice rolls. That was all. really I, I funny. Been that lucky in a long time. Yeah, but that I was, was like, because real... I'm not like aiming to win. I'm like, here's what happens when this happens, and it was like, you died completely. Right. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was a. It was a route, is what it was. Yeah. That and was then the second game, I got lucky on not on the dice rolls, but on the command cards. Yeah, you were moving. You were definitely huffing it. You had like half your army across the field, and in my grill, and I, I was like, and my elephants didn't do a goddamn thing. Yeah, that was, the elephants caused you more problems than anything else. Yeah, I know elephants. Fucking elephants, man! But yeah, that but was a lot of fun. I'm, de- I'm definitely looking re- into getting getting my own copy of that. Yeah, I would suggest people who are into that kind of stuff. That's a good one. And then if you're interested in more, like a little more modern stuff, not more modern, relatively modern, like the Napoleonic one's actually really good. Yeah. So it's it's all for stuff on history. And it's funny. I had this conversation with um when I was in town last weekend. I was. I told a friend of mine about this, older gentleman. He was like, "Why do you play historical battles? You already know who won." I like. <laughs> that's that's the fun of it. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna win Waterloo for Napoleon because it didn't happen. Right. I want. I want to do better. 
yeah, I want to do better. Which I played the Waterloo battle finally on on uh, Total War Napoleon. Yeah. And you know how in the in the Waterloo battle they had the three farmhouses on the left, the center, and the right of that yep. that Wellington had controlled. And I'm sitting there going, you know, Napoleon had, had the Grand Battery. Just blow the fucking farmhouse up. Yeah. Well, I figured out why he couldn't do that. Because the farmhouses apparently are cannon proof. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to shoot the cannons at the farmhouses, and like four cannonballs go right into the farmhouse, and it's like one percent damage. And I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. They, they, they don't want you to do that. Right. So yeah, I would recommend it. But a couple of the games, yeah, Command and Colors, man. I think it's a great starter war game for people. And then two weeks ago, I forgot to mention this. Uh, my buddy Baruch, he's a he's a big board game guy, and his girlfriend are into it. And they introduced us to two, these two games, more cooperative games, um, that I think your group would be into. One is called Mysterium, and the other is called, let me try and get this right, Betrayal on House on Haunted Hill. They didn't they didn't make that title easy. Yeah, bit of a mouthful. But, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, but both of them are really cool. Like Mysterium is basically Everyone is playing together. It's kind of like Clue, but without moving around on a board, where everyone plays a psychic detective, and they have to, each person has to find their suspect, and then they have to, of those suspects that they find, um, determine which one's actually the murderer. And so a number of the characters, a number of the players are psychic detectives, and one player is the ghost that sends visions to the to the um the detectives and the way it's the way it's done is pretty clever you got to you got to get a person place and thing and then figure out who did it and you only have 7 turns to do it so the game lasts only 45 minutes and uh, we managed to fi- find the murderer on the last turn it took a few tries to get it right cuz the rules are not written that clearly uh but it it, it was definitely definitely warrants another try and then we tried um, this game, Trail on House on Haunted Hill, which is very simple. It's a tile laying game, which means the, the, it's not a board. It's just these tiles, a stack of tiles. And every time a character moves into a room, you take a, a tile off the stack and make the house. So the house is always different. And then depending on who's playing, what happens when and where it happens, right, determines what kind of horror movie occurs in the game so the first part of the game is you exploring the haunted house and then the second part of the game is the event the betrayal where one character turns on everybody else and then the game begins to become the good guys versus the one bad guy and what's what's cool about this game is it's a different every time i've played it and every time the other players have played it it's like a different scenario because there's like 50 to choose from, which is really cool. Like it, it gives it a lot of, a lot of replay value, huge replay, replay value. And it's again, a fairly quick game. You can get one in done 45 minutes to an hour and some change. And then what did Don L and I try last night? We tried, uh, this card game called dark tales, which is just a beautiful card game. The game, the card game is beautiful. It's a fairy tale based game. Where the whole point is to collect these victory points, and and we played the best two out of three. And in the first game, I utterly housed the girl. I mean, just housed her. Yep. 
and then she beat me twice in a row after that. Oh. So yeah, so those as far as games go, those 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 are what I've been into, and I think I think they're worth a look into. Worth a look into. Good stuff, man. Uh, I've been trying to pick up some, not at all games, but I've been trying to pick up some, uh, more, some new, uh, hardcover comics and stuff. A uh, couple, one I introduced Don, your your girlfriend Donella to was Rat Queens, so I went and got the the hardcover for that. Oh yeah, she's all about that right now. It's fucking good. And then I picked up something else by the same author. Uh, it's called Peter Panzerfaust, and it's basically what? it's Peter Pan during but, but taking place during the the Blitz in World War Two. Like during during the invasion of France. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was one of those like I'd heard about the book like year a couple years ago, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds really cool." And then I just kind of like never came back to it. And then I and then I picked up Rat Queens. Like, man, this is really good. What else has this guy written? It's like, oh, right, that book. I should totally read that now. So I went and picked that up yesterday. And I also ordered uh, a a deluxe ultimate whatever edition of Meta Barons. Oh my god. Which is, I know it's one of your favorites. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned we mentioned Yodorowsky earlier, but he also wrote a bunch of comics, and this is one of them. I re- I've read the first the first Meta Barons, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy shit! Why have I not read this before?" I I, I love and, it mostly for the artwork. The artwork is just astounding. It is, but the story is also really good. Yes. Bizarre is it's very European sci-fi. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It is bizarre as hell. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get a feel for like what Yodorowsky's science fiction is like, because he also wrote another one called The Incal, some it's other ones. Great one. uh, go watch The Fifth Element because yeah, um, parts of The Fifth Element are actually pulled from The Incal. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good a good uh, uh, primer for it. But yeah, so I ordered that, and it's you know like five hundred pages. It's gonna be glorious. Oh man, I'm so jealous. I gotta look into that. What was I doing the other day? We were talking about Sideshow Collectibles, I think it's called. Yes. And I was on their website the other day. Man, they got some cool stuff. I've got two of their figures right now. I've got and a... I was like, I was going through it, and I'm like, I, I, I was just planning on how, like, the $2,000 I want to spend on these guys. Because oh, yeah. There's just such cool stuff there. And that's not even the, the other stuff. Like, there's another collectibles organization or company that I saw at the convention last year in New York. I can't remember their name. And like they they was one of those things was like the Star Wars figures. Here it is. None of it's for sale yet. You gotta wait until like the middle of twenty sixteen. Right. And I'm like just waiting. I gotta remember the name of the company now. Uh, I wonder if I have my favorites, but you know, it's definitely one of those shut up and take my money moments, and then they won't take it, your money. Yeah, it really was because I was totally, <laughs> I was totally ready to just dump some serious coin on these dudes, and oh yeah, I do have it. Um, no, not that's not it. Never mind. Oh, A A R H Studios, A R H Studios was at New York last year. And they just had some beautiful stuff, and I, I've kind of forgotten about them because it was again one of those moments of I have money. Would would you like it? And it was like, not right now. We don't. And I, I remember I was about to get it, like day of. And they've just got some really beautiful details. Like, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, it's such. If you're looking at it right now, it's yep. like, it's super super cool. And uh, the ones that I wanted was uh, the, the the obviously the the Robert E. Howard stuff, based on 
or the Frazetta stuff based on Robert E. Howard. Yeah. And it was like, uh, no, we, we can't do that right now. And I was like, why? Yeah. So I'm waiting. But Sideshow had some like, they don't just have great comic book stuff. They had no. They had the beautiful uh, Trip to the Moon from Millier, the, the yep. great silent film. Uh, they have really cool um, dinosaurs. Yeah. The T-Rex looks really great. They also had a, a Louis Royo-inspired figure. And, and like I'm rattling these off like, like oh, and the Red Sonia, of course. And I'm rattling these off like, I want these. And at minimum, I think the cheapest one I'm talking about is the Millier, and it's like 250 bucks. Yeah. So I've, I've got two figures. I've got the I've got a Boba Fett, and that and he ran me about two fifty. And I've got a I've got Cad Bane in disguise, and that one ran me about one sixty. And these are, these are their their sixth sixth scale figures. They've got a bunch of the other clone troopers, yeah, like all like the ones from actual like from Clone Wars, and I I want all of them. Like holy <laughs> shit, do like I want Rex and Echo and Fives and like I want them all. Yeah, I, and like you, the ones that you're uh, you're mentioning are fairly cheap compared to some of the other ones they have. Right. Well, yeah. So that's that's the sixth sixth scale figures as opposed to some of the premier the premium format. Mm-hmm. The um, if anyone who's seen the, the the beast statue that Tracy has, that's one of their premier uh, premium format uh, statues, and those typically run f- four to five hundred plus. Right. And, and, and was, there's there's one or two of those I wouldn't mind getting either, but they're they're huge. They are big, and they had they had a dinosaur one. I'm trying to pull it up right now. For whatever reason, I don't see it listed. But I was like a T Rex that was easily. Oh, there he is. Got it. Why is it the websites look different when I go back to them? Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was the T Rex was easily like a four hundred dollar statue. Oh yeah, and I was like, uh, okay, you know, I just got to plan for this one accordingly. But yeah, A R H Studios inside, so I'm I'm definitely down. And now that we're starting to organize the apartment, we have room to put them in. Nice. Eventually, it will happen. Yeah, I'm actually uh, we ended up moving uh, a, a a yet another bookcase into my office, and I'm kind of glad because I was running out of surface uh, space for stuff. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I'm t- what else? I can't. Ah, uh, I running that, out of ideas. Yeah, ah. No, I, I think we're good here. We're 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 hitting our 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 hour mark. So I think we're we're pretty good to wrap yeah, up. We're just trying people's patience on this one. This was the random. Remember when you used to call the podcast "Random Thought Generator"? Yep. This is yeah, exactly that, that. This is exactly what happened here. Yeah. But this was still fun. Yeah, it was. We, we we haven't done this. We haven't done this on air in a long in a long time. We haven't done this. I mean, you and I do this on like a weekly basis now, but yeah, which I'm I'm enjoying very much. Yeah, this is great. But I'm just gonna go kick my find my friend and yell at him for not. We we really did have something planned for you. <laughs> we yeah, we actually had we plans. Had I watched. Planned. I watched stuff. We re, we researched because we were gonna like present a really interesting, compelling episode that just yeah didn't happen. This it'll, episode it'll was happen eventually, but it definitely will. This was a this was a uh, an extended. What are you into? Yeah, yeah, that about sums it up. With some Star Wars mixed in the, in, the, in there. All right, so folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to thereforegeek.com. Check out our blog posts and our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. 
And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I really like us on SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud's, been, SoundCloud's nice. Super cool. SoundCloud's fun. So uh, once again, I'm Andrew. I'm the dude. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.